everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Playing Around podcast. We have Amanda and Teddy with us today. We have so much to discuss, so I think we just get right into it. I think the biggest story that we have to lead off with is that Liv is suing the PGA Tour and everyone is pissed about it. I think throughout this entire process, most of the players have just been pretty, you know, like, you know, we support them, we like them, but now they're not too happy. We've had Joel Damon come out and be really you know, mad about it. We've had other players, Billy Horschel, and I just want to hear your take on it because this is, this is kind of bad. <laughs> this is big. Well, we know Teddy is a live fan. We know Teddy is like <laughs> kind of on the side of being a live sympathizer. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little bizarre. Like, I wonder if it's a panic move by these guys. Like, if they were kind of pressured into signing really early on and then realized, holy crap, I'm, I, we're not going to make majors. Like, we haven't gotten world ranking points. How I, You know, the three guys, it was Hudson Swafford, Taylor Gooch, and um, Matt Jones are all top 30 right now in the FedEx Cup ranking. So they were poised to not only keep their tour card, but to play in all four majors next year to make a lot of money. So it was kind of like, you know, you, you've decided to go take money elsewhere. Just just go do it and be quiet. And you got to give Dustin Johnson credit in this. And even, I guess, Brooks Kepka. Like, neither of them have bashed the tour. Neither of them have come out to say, like, F the tour, blah, blah, blah. We're going to sue them. Like, they they stayed out of this lawsuit. So you got to give them credit. Yeah, I've been on the side of reality this whole time. I mean, when we first talked about it kind of early spring and people thought, eh, it's not going to go anywhere. And I say, well, money speaks. And, and all the people on Twitter who were saying they'd never do anything like that. Well, if you got offered $750,000 a year to do live social media, are you sure you'd say no? If you definitely say no, then you can definitely take the moral high ground. But 
Uh, Liv has been even more successful um, than I anticipated. But yeah, last week was a declaration of war. Um, I think a lot of the guys on the PGA Tour were willing to say, okay, these guys are you know, going to play elsewhere, going to make money, especially the guys in their you know, 30s and 40s. This is their last chance to cash in. But now it has become intensely personal. And we're going to find out about this temporary restraining order, I think, Tuesday, whether these three guys are going to get into Memphis. So it, the plot mm-hmm. has thickened big time. What do you think, Paige? I'm pissed that they're suing because it's like you took the money, you decided to go over there. And honestly, yeah, like what Teddy said, probably a lot of other people Mm -hmm. would do the same thing. And I have no problem with that. But I do have a newfound respect for like DJ and Brooks because they're staying out of it. They're like, you know what we did? We decided to go over here. We, you know, this is this is our decision. But these other guys, they're like, well, I want to play here, but I also want to play here and I want to make money here and I also want to make money here. It's like. No, you can't mm-hmm. do that. And there's a big discussion around independent contractors. And I think a lot of people are getting that really confused. So technically, right. I'm an independent contractor. So I can do whatever I want, whenever mm-hmm. I want. But I have signed contracts with certain companies. And so I can't go and work with one right. company and then go work with their competitor to double my money. That's just not how this works. And so I think a lot of people are really yeah. confused about that. And I think what I'm doing is pretty consistent with what the guys on the PGA Tour and Maybe there's not a clause in there. There's not a non-compete, but you have to act in good faith. And that's not what these guys are doing. They are hurting the PGA Tour, who has built them up, who has given them so much yeah. money, who has, the, the reason they have this opportunity is because of the tour. And I just think it's a really shitty move. And as we know, Taylor Gooch says not very smart and, you know, it's showing right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and Paige, to your point, I love that you just made that comparison. Like you are an independent contractor, although you do work with companies. Now that's an important thing because I'm looking at some current PGA tour players who are like out there tooting the horn for live and like the PGA tour needs to do better and F this and you know, live is doing so great, but sir, you might not be technically an employee of that company, but like, if you're sponsored by um, PointsBet, you're not going to run around and talk about how great other sports books are. Like, that's what, you know what I mean? Like, and that's a great comparison there. You can't go around bashing the people that give you money. You can't bite the hand that feeds you. So then I think that's when I kind of have issues with guys that rather than just being quiet about everything or kind of like coming out as pro-lib when it's like, you, you really can't do that. And like to then, and then on the independent contractor side, like they are employees of live, like Jay Monahan put that in his letter. Like when they said like, this is the litigation stuff, blah, blah, blah. These are employees of the Saudi golf league is what he calls it. And that that's the difference between the PGA tour and live. Like these guys say, I want to play less golf. Well, guess what? You're going to be playing 14 events next year that you're required to play on top of the four majors for the guys that are exempt for all four. We'll see if they are allowed to play at Augusta. So I think, I think just the kind of the whole issue is like people are kind of perverting the term independent contractor and they just don't really seem to get it. Yeah. I mean, I cannot appear on a Caesars ad with the Manning right. family and JV smooth. But I don't know. Let's pretend the Action Network says, Teddy, what are you doing next week? I- I'm not sure what I can do. So the But that's is- not a competitive. They're not a sports book, right? Action Network gives out betting information. So that's a right. little bit different. Now, they work with PointsBet, right? They have shows. They have the Ravel stuff that's sponsored by PointsBet. So that is a little different. But you definitely couldn't go out and do stuff for Caesars. 
Well, and that's the thing. It's like, are they going to then find a happy medium where they work together? I mean, Davis Love came out and he made a ton of really great points. And Mm -hmm. he basically said, like, as it's going now, it's bad for both tours. And I think that's what we're seeing is that there's this great divide. Um, It's not beneficial for either side. And they either need to work together or this is really bad for competitive golf. And I've said this before. I am not anti-Lib. I am not anti the PGA Tour. I am pro-golf. And I just really want to see this to work out. And with the lawsuit, it, just a bad move. And, you know, it came out that Phil Mickelson was suspended because he's recruiting mm-hmm. players to the lift tour. Yeah, if mm-hmm. I, I would suspend him too. I think that is like a really shitty thing to do. Yeah. I, I don't approve of that. But I don't like that. That's part of how he made his 200 million. It certainly wasn't because of his golf, because <laughs> he can't break 75 or 76 right now. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is America. In America, like you have these disputes and then the lawyers always win and it's determined by a court case because- yeah, these players, they feel like they should be able to play all the tours. They should be able to play the DP World Tour. And if they want to play in Canada, they can play that. And maybe the Latin America and all the different tours. So from their perspective, they didn't necessarily, I mean, they, they signed on with the PGA Tour, but maybe they didn't necessarily agree with all the terms. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it is. And, and very savage of Jay Monahan to still go with the the Saudi golf league name and, uh, in yeah. all of and, and the thing that, 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 and you make the point, like if they want to go play Latin America or they want to go play web tour corn fair or whatever it is now, they can't do that. They have to still get a release from the PGA tour. If, even if they wanted to do that, I believe, but if there is another event in the United States of America, the same week that the PGA tour is playing an event in the United States of America, like you, you have to receive a release. Like you, you, or no, I think actually you have to play the PGA Tour event. Like you can't play another tour in the same country. Like that's why it's not that much of an issue if the guys want to go over and play Europe because they get the release. It's in a different, like it's a different place, but you yeah, can't Yeah, they got have... their release for the Stouty event in, what was it, February? Yeah, um, because, and they always yeah. do. They always get the releases for other stuff. You know, if some they want to go play the Norwegian Open or whatever, like Victor Hovland has to apply for a release. He's obviously going to get it, but he still has to apply for it. Like there have been rules in place for a really long time in terms of playing on competitive, like other competitive tours and whatnot. And it's like the fact that these guys are acting like one, the rules haven't been there the whole time and two, that the rules don't matter. It's a sense of entitlement. I think that's been my frustration the entire time. I actually think that the Live Tour and the PGA Tour could work together and it would actually enhance the viewing experience for the viewers because what's going on right now is not good for us. Let's Mm -hmm. just be honest. It's not good and it's not good for golf. And so again, that's what I dislike. But if you take some of the weeks that we don't really care about in the PGA Tour schedule and replace those with the live events, which are a shotgun, a team event. Like that's actually exciting. And there's a lot of things that they are doing that I really do like. And I think it could be interesting, but they have to work together. And I think the frustration with all of this is that it's not coming out of a pure place. It's not to improve golf. It's not to grow the Mm -hmm. game of golf, even though that's what everyone is saying. It's greed. It's coming out of greed and entitlement. And that's my frustration with with Greg Norman. He's being petty. And that's why it's not working well, but it could, this could have been an amazing thing. And even with the players, with how they're handling it now, they could have gone about this in a really productive, Mm -hmm. positive way. And when they were going to the other tour, they could have said, we want our media rights. We want our travel to be covered. We want our caddy to be, to be treated by these are why we are leaving and then i think it would have been a positive discussion on the pga tour side to be like okay 
those are your issues. Let's fix them. But they're like jumping ship and they're like, we're so happy. We want to play less golf. We don't want money. We want to grow the game. And they're like, now we're suing you because we want to play more golf. And it's like, no, that no one is being honest. And that's the problem for me. Yeah. Yeah. Paige, like Mickelson says, that's what he's been asking for for years. Yeah. And he had no leverage. I mean, until live, the players had no leverage. I mean, until live and all these other tours came out, like they didn't, they didn't have pit money. Like pit money came out because the tourists said, okay, we got to find a way to just shovel 10 million more to Tiger so he stays loyal and get more money to fill. Maybe he'll cancel this. So un until you have a threat, nobody's just going to start giving you money. And th that's why they did it. And, and like one, one point I think people are forgetting, like these last three weeks of the PGA Tour, where are all the stars? I mean, all these players who support the PGA Tour, like, Where's Justin Thomas? Where's Jordan Spieth? Where's Scotty Scheffler? Like these guys, like a lot of them haven't played in, in the States since June. So, I mean, I think it, it would help. It would help their case. It would help the tourist case if these guys play in, in more of these events. You know, I like your points about like, there are ways like treat the caddies better, or, you know, help with travel expenses. Like I know if I were in charge, my thing would be maybe give like got caddies or guys in their caddies, give them like a $3,000, $2,000 stipend for the week. Like, even if that doesn't pay for all of your travel and everything, that still helps, right? Like, what what would you do, Paige, if you were in that position to pitch to Jay Monahan? Like, these are ways to improve the quality of life for players, for caddies. What would you do? You know, it's really difficult because I think when anyone can relate to this, we all have issues in our jobs, right? There's mm -hmm. always something that we can complain about that needs to be improved. And most of the time, it doesn't happen. And so for these PGA Tour players, they are getting to travel to these amazing golf courses. They're making millions and millions of dollars. They can set their schedule. They can choose what they want to do, when they want to do it. And so sometimes the thing that they're complaining about, again, goes back to a sense of entitlement. You know, James yeah. Hahn had these series of tweets that were so incredibly out of touch. And it's like, yeah. So you're asking for them to cover your expenses. Okay, maybe we can add that. Maybe we can add better accommodations for caddies. Okay, we can add that. But at what point? It's like you keep sucking these guys off. It's like <laughs> they're going to keep wanting more and more and more and yeah. more. And where does it stop? You know, at some point, it's like, yes, you are an employee and there are things that you have to do in your job that are really fucking shitty and you have to deal with it. Yeah. And it's like, because it's a player organization, it's like, we want this. We want more. We want more, 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 more. It's like stopping a fucking baby about it. <laughs> you get to play golf for a living. You are making millions and millions of dollars. James Hong's like, I missed my first, uh, the first day of school for my daughter. I'm like, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to do that. You are not the only parent in America who has had to miss yeah. a big milestone in their children's life. And you know what, James Hahn? You've made $12 million in your career and you set your schedule. And if it was that important to you, you could have decided not to play, to fly home mm -hmm. and to be there. Parents have to work three, four jobs all day long yeah. to make ends meet. And like, that's the problem. So yeah, when these guys yeah. are complaining, it's really hard to take them seriously. And maybe Jay Monahan's probably like, well, you're making a lot of money. And that's yeah. just on course. We're forgetting all of the sponsorships and how much they're yeah. making off course too. And so it's really hard to feel bad for these guys right now. And I understand there's things that probably need to improve. I'm sure that the tour should have listened a little bit more, but 
same thing's going to happen with Liv. Just because you jump ship doesn't mean yeah. that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. And if they're paying Phil Mickelson $200 million, you really think they're going to be like, don't worry about it, Phil. Like, you don't have to do anything. No, <laughs> there's going to be a lot more obligations. And I think down the road, a lot of the players are going to be like, oh, maybe it actually was better on the PGA Tour because I did have more freedom and I was able to do what I wanted and mm-hmm. it was more of a player organization, but now it's not so much. So it's going to be interesting to see how this progresses. And Durant. <laughs> it's just, it's bo- that bothers me so Clip much. that. That was great. When you're on PGA Tour you, and, you, and you're in an exemption category like James Hahn is, you can kind of pick and choose. And he's had a really mediocre season. He's missed a lot of cuts. I think he's already, he's still made about a million dollars on course. Like, what more do these people want? Are these people just pissing their money away? Like, do they just only have a concept of cash flow and not saving? Like, when you've made 50 million on course and then another probably 100 million in sponsors over your lifetime, why do you need more money? And then, and that brings me back to Charles Howell. It's not about the money. Yeah, then just retire. Just if it's not that. about the money, then just fucking retire. The only one who's been honest has been Bryson. And on his like third or fourth try, finally said, it's a business decision. That's what it is. Like, you know, you're going to lose sponsors. You're probably not going to be able to play in the Ryder Cup, which hurts your marketing. Um, But you got this truck full of cash coming here. Look, to me, it all comes down to the majors. If these guys are allowed to play in the majors, Liv is going to thrive. If they're not allowed to play in the majors, I I would think these guys are going to try to jump ship back the other way. Do you think with the the Masters is, you know, the first major, and that's the one that I still think is teetering back and forth on if they're going to let yeah. them play or not. And honestly, now with this lawsuit, I think they have less power going up against Augusta National Golf Club than they do the PGA yeah. Tour. Those are the most powerful men in the world mm-hmm. who are members there, who run that event. I mean, it's kind of scary. I almost feel like Augusta is going to be like, Bring it on. Like, we're we're not going to let you play and bring it on then. Yeah, because I, I know Fred Ridley was named in the deposition. Yeah. It's called a deposition, right? Or lawsuit, lawsuit or whatever it is. And saying that, I guess, what, a few months ago, they held a, a, a meeting and was like, this is, we can't have this and X, Y, Z. Now, I, I, I don't remember exactly his words, but I do think that is really interesting that Fred Ridley is getting involved because I heard from someone who works very closely with Dustin Johnson back in, beginning of March, he was saying like DJ originally, I can't remember if DJ ended up going and playing in Saudi this year or not, but like Fred Ridley had called DJ according to this guy who works very closely with DJ and was like, what, the, what are you doing? Like, I guess maybe it heard when that DJ wanted to join live or something, but Fred Ridley was on the phone with DJ like in February. So I just, there's so much going on behind closed doors that we're just not even aware of, you know, and it's, it's like right under our noses, but we just don't in- entirely know the extent of everything. And it's like, I kind of wish we did a little better. And I think the lawsuit is kind of helping us. During the lawsuit, we're going to see text messages, emails. I mean, all of the dirty laundry is going to be aired. And that's also another reason as a player, why would you want to get involved in that? I don't think they realize like how much is going to be released publicly. And I wouldn't want my text messages going back and forth for that to be public. You just don't want that type of interest in your personal life to be out there. Yeah, if you're Phil, you don't want to open your books. You don't want everybody to know what's been going on in your life probably for the last six months. And, you know, I'm assuming this judge is an Augusta National member because all powerful people in this country are. So then he's going to help decide. But no, I I honestly think like it's yet to be decided whether or not these guys will be invited to the Masters. I think 
we've got months and months uh, and they're going to probably take it close to the end. I mean, I think they really, there's going to be a strong contingent of membership that wants to have their previous champions there. They love their champions in the past. And then there's going to be a lot of people who say, no, 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 we have to stand with the tour here. And our decision could maybe it could break live because th then there's going to be anarchy. If the, if the master says yeah. none of you guys can play. And I think that's when you really look at it and go, that is so bad for the game because that's like, it's lose, lose. Augusta lets the guys in. Yeah. It's going to be a circuit. It's all about the live guys and, oh, wow. You know, Augusta actually let them in. If they don't let the guys in, it's a circus. I can't believe they didn't let them in. So Augusta stands to lose in, in, in both positions here. And, and I think they have a little more control over their championship and what kind of happens and everything than, than the USGA or, yeah. or the PGA championship. And I just, it's no matter what happens, it's not going to be good. Like, I don't know. We're just in such a tough, like weird existential breaking point in golf. Like Nick Faldo just retired yesterday. And like, I didn't think I'd be as emotional as I was. Like, I was like really sad. Like really? he was making me choke up. Cause I was like, it's like the voice of my childhood. And you know, it's like, you kind of see Nick faldo has gone and the, you know, the PGA tours, we know it is kind of, you know, leaving. So I don't know. This is, it's just golf is changing and that, it and is. it's really scary. Change is scary. And I think that's, what's so interesting within the golf industry right now, because the biggest changes in golf before this bombshell hit was blade collars mm. and music on the golf course, really yeah. hoodies, like really stupid things. Mm -hmm. But now this is bad. And you can tell that everyone is panicking and yeah. it is bad and then all the golf fans are divided you tweet something and it's all like pro lift pro pga tour and it's yeah. really not that much fun to be in golf twitter it's never really been that much fun but now Twitter's it's especially right now not that much fun and there are things that are happening in golf which we should definitely move on to but it's all live all the time you can't not talk about it because right. every single day there's another big story another player going over we had you know Faraday, and then all the charles barkley stuff and it's like one after another after another and you just can't ignore Cam it and i don't know if they're doing that on purpose yeah. yeah all the cam smith stuff it's like what's going to happen um after i think shit's gonna hit the fan after the fedex cup yes. i think yeah. that's when yes. everything is going to change we're gonna see a ton of players probably jumping ship it's gonna be intense but speaking of augusta i mean they never really have that many big controversies i guess and if they do they kind of sweep it under the rug yeah and so the biggest thing is that the 13th tee box is going to be moved back and are they doing that just to be like well, let's let's like not talk about live let's talk about my new <laughs> yeah. tee box you know like let's yeah. do something new uh, i think they do have to make some changes but again like what amanda was saying it's it's sad that everything in golf is changing and the masters and augusta is the one thing it's the one constant in our life yeah. that always stays the same. And now that's even changing. And I don't know if I like it. I mean, the guys are overpowering the golf course now, but I don't even care. I don't care if they shoot 50 under. I want yeah. Augusta National to be exactly the same with no changes for the rest of time. And that's how it should be. How do you guys feel about it? I agree. And that includes the par three course, in my opinion. Like I love the par three contest. It's like probably one of my favorite golf events of the year to watch. Cause you see them out there with the families and the, I mean, 
When was the last time any of you guys went to like a par three course or an executive course that was immaculate? Never, because it doesn't happen. It's not a thing like that. I just think that the par three course at Augusta might be like their most, like to me, it's just so special because it's so unique, right? Like there are other golf courses that exist that are also beautiful and perfect. And Augusta is obviously the best, but like the par three, I don't know. I just, it, all the changes with the par three courses, like I can't. With the aerial photos, I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I can't. This is so upsetting. Yeah, they made 15 so much longer. And I believe there were no Eagles at number 15 at the 2022 Masters, which was really a sh- annoying. shame. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, it's like, you want to see the Eagles. Yeah, you want to hear the cheers. Yeah, it's, like it's part of it, like hitting it to the right part of the green, letting the ball funnel. Like, that's all part of it. Yeah, I, I just... I. it's sad because to me, like, you know, when I was growing up, you had like the USGA, which was obsessed with scoring and oh my God, if Mm -hmm. if somebody finished it like nine under, it was a failure. And then you had this contrast (laughs) to the open championship, the British open, the RNA, which said like, if the weather's easy, they're going to score well. And if the weather's tough, they're not going to score well. And like they had a much more realistic view of it. And it seems like the masters now is so score conscious. Like, how do they care yeah. if somebody finishes like 17 under if the conditions are such and a guy's playing brilliantly? Like, it's okay if somebody's hitting a seven iron into a par five, a number 13. So I see no need to to lengthen the hole. And yeah, they, they suck some of the fun out of 15 this year. And that, that's a good point. And I have a question for you guys. Now, if you're seeing, and this is just for, like, just, this is a question of golf in general. If you're seeing that players are overpowering golf courses, maybe don't change the land like maybe don't change the course and work on ways to like pull back the distance on the golf ball or change some of the technology like if you look at the last 10 years like Stuart sinks driving average has gone up like 20 yards in the last 10 years it ain't because homeboys hitting the gym it's because of golf technology like people ask me like do I need new clubs I've had these irons for 15 years I'm like yeah first of all you're probably playing square grooves so yeah you, you need to get to the B grooves second of all Golf technology, I think, has overpowered the game because you look at basketball. Are they making the basketball courts any bigger? Are they making the three-point line any farther away from the basket just because these guys are getting bigger and stronger and technology helps people, you know, with with um, performance now? But we shouldn't be changing the courses. We should change the technology that's just gotten a bit out of hand. It's like, I don't know, spring break just went way too wild on the golf technology. <laughs> Yeah, if Jack Nicholas had been doing a podcast in 1984, he would have been saying the exact same thing. Oh, man, I mean, yeah. that's been talked about forever, and they just never figured out a way to do it. Like, do you have a special master's ball? You know, like, apparently, you know, there'd be lawsuits, and the equipment companies would like it. So I think that fight is has been long lost. But who cares? Like, I think that people outside of golf, again, who are not in the industry, we have to think about them because we never do. We're just so tied into what we're thinking about all the time. We want to preserve golf how it is. And I want to see guys hit it 350. If I'm going out there, I want to see these guys do superhuman things. I don't want them to make the equipment that makes it hit as far as I do. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I want that's to fair. see them do things that I can't do. And I think that's what's so impressive. It's like the steroid era in baseball and when they were hitting all of these home runs. Like, how exciting <laughs> is that? And they can make courses really difficult, and we have seen that. I mean, they're still struggling. Good golf courses are always going to challenge these players, and we have seen that. It doesn't matter how far the golf ball goes, how good the equipment is, if it's a really good golf course and it's set up well, it will challenge these guys. And 
I want to, again, I want to see them hit it far. I think other people want to see them hit it far. And at some point, yeah, you can probably make a certain type of golf ball that is only for tour players, which I think would actually help the um, equipment industry because they're going to be producing more. And I'm sure people are going to be like, oh, I want to try the golf balls that the tour players are playing. Yeah. So they're going to be buying double of what they actually need. So I don't think it would actually hurt the golf industry at all, but I want to see them hit it far. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. The fact that Nick Faldo made you cry with retiring, I thought we were all so excited that Nick Faldo was finally retiring. I thought I was too. They started like showing clips of him from like the, when he threw the cupcake over his shoulder. Like I remember watching that. Like there are things from when I was like a, like a teenager, very young teenager that it just, those memories were coming back to me of like Nick Faldo in the booth. And like, like I, like I thought he was great with Kelly Tilgman back in the day. Like I thought they were such a good duo. Like I, I thought I was excited to see him go, but 
I am sad. Now, Faraday, I, 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 I don't mind seeing him on live. I, that's fine. I don't, I don't need to hear him anymore. Really? I like Faraday. I was always a big fan of him. <laughs> and even with Faldo, I was a big Faldo fan, but I feel like he should have retired about five years ago. Ouch. Yeah, that's fair. Because he just, I don't know if he just lost interest in it, maybe just getting a bit senile. He just started making these really weird comments. He did. And doing weird things. And I don't know what he was trying to do, if he was trying to appeal to the millennials or like Gen Z, but it just like was not hitting right. Yeah. And when I think about people I miss, I miss Johnny Miller, you know, yeah. I do. I think he was great, but I don't think about it that often when I'm watching golf. I'm not like, man, I really miss Johnny Miller right now. And same thing's going to be with Nick Faldo. I feel like when you look at other sports, they have found that perfect combination, you know, mm -hmm. like Tony Romo kills it. And I think we have really great on course reporters. I don't know if Teddy agrees with that one, but other sports have kind of found that sweet spot, you know, in mm -hmm. basketball, you have Shaq and Charles Barkley. And it's a yeah. really good combination. But then when you think of golf, I, I think Trevor Edelman's going to be good, mm -hmm. but I wish it was something a little bit more unpredictable. Mm. That was predictable. I was surprised by that. Were you surprised by that? Because I was like... No, because they were grooming him to be the next Nick Faldo. And I was like, yeah. let's bring someone else in. Let's bring a, a, another person, anything, just anything to spice golf up. And it's been just flat, yeah. boring, predictable. Like, do something different. How do you feel about Teddy? Yeah, I mean, Trevor's got the accent. I mean, it, you knew it was going to be an Aussie or a Brit or somebody with uh, who speaks differently than we do because uh, all those guys sound a lot better in the booth. Yeah, Jim Nance's tribute was like the classically cheesy. Nick's shown humor, humility, and humanity. And I thought that was that was the classic combo. And Nick, can we get rid of Nance now. <laughs> what's that? After I said after that, can we get rid of Nance? Like that that that's Man, a fireable guys, offense saying that. <laughs> I think Jim Nance is awesome, but. Um, the Faldo thing, I, it was refreshing to see him so emotional because obviously as a player, he was a robot. I mean, he was able to basically have zero emotion on the golf course or the interview room. He didn't say anything memorable basically for 30 years when he was competing. And then he stepped into the booth and showed, you know, an interesting side of him. And I thought he was great, but I also respect the fact that he's 65 and I don't know, unlike a lot of these like Supreme Court justices who want to work until they're like 106 years old, like move on and do something else. So I respect the fact that he's saying like my entire life is not wrapped around, you know, being at the Wyndham Championship. I'm going to go to Montana now and do something new. Yeah. Who would you like to see in the booth? Uh, Paige Brannick. Paige, let's go. Like <laughs> that, that's what Paige. everyone's telling me. Everyone's like, we need Paige in booth. I'm like, that would be fun, actually. Like, that would be fun to do, like, uh, the split screen thing or whatever, like they were doing on ESPN. Remember for the, was it the US Open? And it was like Joe Buck and what's it, and, and Michael Collins. Like, that would be like a perfect thing for Paige. I think I would get into trouble a lot. And yeah. this is where I feel for the people who are actually doing it on big networks is that you don't have the freedom to be able to show your personality. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of great players who could kill it as a commentator, but they tend to lean towards something that is more vanilla mm -hmm. and that okay. they can't show their personality and then it's not exciting anymore. So I, I wish that these networks would let these guys show their personality and say things that are off the wall like TNT does with Shaq and Charles Barkley. You, that would never fly 
in the golf booth. We just know that. And it's and that's what we're missing. I think that we need that flavor, yep. like that funness, mm-hmm. like something to like just get the people excited. And like you said, you have Colt Nose and Dottie Pepper and like they add here and there, but Colt is hilarious. And he's he so vanilla so on air. And he's so vanilla on air and that's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing exactly what they're telling him to do. So I think with like how entertainment is progressing, you can show a little bit more personality and there are so many players that would be amazing in the booth, but I think networks don't want to take that chance on them because they're scared of something that they will say and they want someone that they can easily kind of mold and control and, you know, have that confidence that they're not going to say anything that's too wacky or off the wall or going to get someone in trouble. Well, if, yeah. if we can't get Paige on the air, honestly, I think Frank Nabilo is really, really good. Yeah. He's like comfortable. Mm-hmm. He's honest. He's knowledgeable without like hitting you over the head with it. He's confident in himself. So I'm a little surprised that Frank didn't get uh, the call over Immelman. Um, but to me, like when David Faraday was in his comfort zone at CBS and they were giving him some rope and, you know, when he kind of had like a clear head and he didn't have other stuff going on in his life that I think was making it tougher with him. I think mean, he, he was amazing. I, I mean, he had the ability to just say something completely different, non-cliched, super funny knows the guys, but not a suck up. So I think David Faraday mm-hmm. in his prime was spectacular. Gary McCord was great. Yeah. Peter Jake, I really enjoyed Peter Jacobson. Like, oh, I love just, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. They're just certain guys that just have it. And I feel like right now they're not just letting these guys like natural ability come through. And so they're picking someone like Trevor Immelman, who again, I have nothing against. I think he's actually doing a really good job, but it's not going to be as entertaining as, you know, adding, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't get the job. Add someone else in there that is a little bit more of a wild card. And then I think that's like the perfect combination. Do three instead of two. Real quick, I also happen to, I think Brandel Chambly is great. I mean, it'd be interesting to hear him during a broadcast, during, you know, when he would have to speak I guess in shorter bursts than he is <laughs> in studio. Maybe he's like perfectly fitted for studio now and they shouldn't mess with it, but it'd be interesting to hear him on a telecast. Yeah, he was one, he's one of the ones I'm kind of more surprised they didn't try to groom him more for um like broadcast. Cause I guess that's why they brought in date or uh, David. Um yeah, David Duval. They kind of brought him in hoping he would maybe be like the next Johnny <laughs> Miller kind of thing five, seven, eight years ago. And you don't really say much. You don't really see him anymore. Like, I, I agree. Like, Brandel's interesting. Brandel has controversial takes. And he makes people, he, he, he has high engagement on Twitter because people are like, oh, my God, I don't like what he's saying. Or, oh, my gosh, I love what he's saying. So and it makes that right there is why yeah. he didn't get the opportunity. I think yeah. that when I've worked with certain companies, they think that negativity on social media is a bad thing, but it's actually it's a really, really good thing. And you want to hire someone who isn't, necessarily beloved by everyone and the fact that people are talking about Brandel constantly those people are going to tune in and hate watch Brandel and guess what those are more people tuning in to watch yeah and yeah. so they see some hate and they're like oh no we can't work with that you know we can't work with him he's you know, people hate him it's like no that's actually what you want and they're just so scared to do something different and this mm-hmm. is where I am so completely lost when it comes to live in the PGA tour and this whole thing because 
I keep saying I want it to be the same. I want tradition. But then there's things that do need to change. Yeah. And it's like, that's where I want them to work together to make the viewing experience so much better. How cool would it be if you had the option to watch the PGA Tour um, on TV or you can watch on a separate stream on YouTube? Yeah, that would be cool. So when we look at the viewership. Um, the Live Tour Bedminster got 74 views on YouTube down from 88,000 um, for Portland. And the Rocket Mortgage got 2.5 million. So people aren't tuning in as much, but those are still really great numbers for YouTube streaming. Yeah. And this is where I get really frustrated because companies will look at those two numbers and be like, well, obviously this product is working so much better because they got 2.5 million, but no, that's actually not how it works. Mm -hmm. And getting over 70,000 people watching a stream on YouTube is actually really impressive and more people are highly engaged in that youtube stream than they are flipping on the tv and not watching a second of it you have to be actively focused in on watching the stream mm -hmm. compared to just turning it on and that is yes that's one person added to the numbers but they're not even watching did you guys watch the windham championship this week yes <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. Okay, I know, man. I could have said yes for that. <laughs> I watched 25 minutes yesterday. I watched more of the, the women's uh, open because I had some money on it. The open was <laughs> so great. not much of the Wyndham. I had Russell Henley, and once he started, you know, descending, <laughs> it was like, see you later. I love you, Tom Kim, but but not enough to watch a ton. Well, you know who's getting fucked with all of this are the women because every single huge story seems to be dropping right when they have a big yeah. week. And it mm. was like, okay, so the Open is going on. This is the biggest purse that they're having. Oh, guess what? Liv is suing the PGA Tour. And then everyone's talking about that. And no one was talking about the Women's Open, which is really sad. And it was such a good event. Like, I was... um I was out yesterday, so I had I missed most of it on NBC. Like I thought it was on USA all day, so I panicked when I got home and I saw there was the playoff. And I'm like, "Where is it? I can't see it." Everyone's like, "You're a fucking idiot!" It's on NBC right now, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so I go over and I watch it, and it was like a four hole playoff. It was, it was crazy. There were some amazing shots, like the on the first hole, Inji Chun hit a great bunker shot. On the fourth hole, Ashley Buhai hit an incredible bunker shot to like a foot and a half to, to win, to save part of win. Like it was a great tournament. They were at Muirfield. It was a really cool week. And yeah, you're right. They did. They kind of got screwed by that because this big news comes up, but they also got screwed by their schedule. And the fact that the Evian's a major, cause they had a major one week, yeah. Scotland, the next, and then the open the next. So they have like no breathing room. Their schedule kind of sucks. So it's like, I kind of feel bad for them in that sense. Like everyone was like, Oh, we have the Evian. And then you're like, Oh wait, you have another major coming up. So it's kind of hard to, get really excited when you have one major after another, I feel like with their schedule. I don't know. It was an interesting playoff because it just kept getting darker I know. and colder. So like the they had to hit like a club longer in every time they played the hole. So by the end of it, like they're hitting three woods into a par four. It, it made for interesting golf. I mean, people do say it's like, it's more what guys like me can relate to like a 12 index, you know, it's occasionally hitting a shitty drive and actually having to hit like a three wood into a, into a beefy par four um, and seeing the nerves. And then they had some great short game shots. So it was actually pretty entertaining um, that playoff. Well, yeah. And I think, like you said, a lot of amateur male golfers should watch the women play because they hit more woods. And if you guys want to get fit for your new woods, head over to club champion, 
Um, seriously, try anything out that you might think that you're not used to. I know a lot of guys are playing two irons, three irons, but mm -hmm. everyone is now switching over to woods. And so you can go to Club Champion, try out all the brands, maybe try a seven wood, try a five wood. And I know it's really going to change your game. They have locations all around and you can use my code um, at checkout. So make sure you go head over and do that. But Teddy, you sent over this really interesting tweet and it said, in my opinion, the boyfriend slash husband um, was out way too fast after that winning putt. Gotta give uh, Buhai her moment. And this was really fascinating to me because I feel like when it comes to male professional events, they are dying to see Paulina <coughs> run out and kiss the guy, Jenna Sims, like our Jenna Kepka, Sims Kep, I don't know how right. she decided to go with it. Um, but they want to see the wives and girlfriends, you know, parade on out, give the kiss to, you know, their husband, boyfriend. And then that's like, that's a shareable viral moment yeah. on social media. But when it comes to a female, they don't want to see the guy involved at all, which I really thought was interesting. I've never heard that before. I don't like that take. That was a tweet by Shane Ryan, who I'm pretty good friends with. And I actually totally disagreed with it. I mean, the amazing thing to me was, I don't know if you guys saw the responses, but like everybody agreed with him. They said like this husband was, you got to wait, um, got to give her her moment. It's kind of like, I think the husband knows more about Ashley than you guys do. Yeah. And, you know, that she'd been grinding probably out there for almost six hours with all these playoff holes and these like stressful putts. And he's just running out there to support her. Also, people are like, Oh, they were showing him too much on the broadcast. It's like they kept playing the same hole, and you know how much time you have to yeah. fill. Who? You only oh have my god! Do you remember? Players? Was it was it Corey Connors when they were showing his wife for the first time that she won, and it was like every single I can't who right. was that? She was like freaking out on every Connors hole. when he won was Valero. He Monday yeah. queued in, and they showed her freaking out every. And it every was funny. Hole. I liked it. Every hole, and yeah. I loved yeah, and that it. was like, funny. He, yeah, like you want to see the behind the scenes, but that's, I agree with the man. That's just a bad, that's a bad take. And it's not just a bad take because it almost feels like reverse sexism in a way or <laughs> some kind of weird sexism. But like, I think it's really nice because you watch a lot of these girls or a lot of the women, they'll finish, you know, the round and it's their friends from the tour come out and spray them with whatever. How We don't often see significant others out there right. with them. And and, and so I thought it was really nice that it's like a husband, husband, wife team. Yeah. Like I, I thought he used to caddy for her. I might be like just making that he up. He looks like head. a caddy. He looks like a guy who maybe just looks like a 40 one pound bag for 36 holes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. I thought it was a beautiful moment. Picks her up. She seemed to have no awesome. complaint with it. I think that was just a classic like Twitter being pissed just for the sake of being pissed moment. It's, it is interesting, though, because I see that a lot in my career, where anytime that I do any type of content with another male, the male is not well received. And whenever, <laughs> it, you know, past relationships or anything, it was always like, keep it out. You don't want to see that. And so it's just really interesting when it comes to women, how like out of sight, out of mind, like they don't want to see the significant other. They don't want to be involved. It is. It's like a form of sexism in a way where mm. they don't want to. But when it comes to men having a hot wife or girlfriend is the greatest accessory that anyone could ever have. <laughs> and even when it comes to talking about if there is a successful counterpart, it's always so-and-so's boyfriend or that's um, like, Camille Caustic, like she has her own career. She's very famous and people refer to her as um, Gronk's girlfriend or uh, even, well, I was going to say Giselle, but that's not even that. that. Yeah. 
just for take that one out. <laughs> but it's always like a good thing when a guy has like a really hot girlfriend or wife, but that doesn't apply to a woman. And it's just really yeah. weird how they were so turned off by seeing that, but they love it when they get to see Paulina. Yeah, I think it helps when, remember the dress at the US Open, she kept having to pull down because like, I don't think she had underwear on and that dress was really short. And I think everyone was excited to see that because they thought they were going to get like a little extra viewing, a little extra PPB. <laughs> oh, I'm passing on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like it all. I like the reaction shots. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm watching a broadcast, maybe like a baseball game and it's like too much. Actually, I know where it pisses me off. When there is an NBA game that ends and they don't show like the players lapping I fives and instead they're showing something in the crowd or during Wimbledon, when they were showing the crowd instead of the players shaking hands with each other. So like I like some crowd shots, but like don't go too mental with it with other sports. Or if they'll just like pan over to like a random hot girl for like a second, yeah. and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like This makes no sense. Like go back to the action. Like no one wants to see this girl just like sitting there. Like, come on. Like let's. Okay. So moving on quickly, let's just talk about the playoffs, which are coming up. Ricky Fowler just barely snuck in, which was a very interesting situation because if he didn't make the playoffs, do you guys think that he would have gone to live? Mm. yeah see that was my big worry i'm like i'm i'm like holding on for dear life I'm like come on ricky make the cut like let's go let's go um but the thing is like i feel like he's probably like, if he is going to live he's probably already signed his contract so regardless of making the fedex cup playoffs i was like i guess it probably didn't matter but i just thought it was crazy because i believe he started the week at like 123 124 he was around 126 127 like right after he missed the cut and the next thing I know, I looked yesterday and he's right uh, right on the bubble. So I was like, that's exciting. So that'll be yeah. good. <laughs> Sorry, Justin Lower. I don't know if you saw him three putt there. He missed like, broke a, my heart. like an eight footer. And I almost thought like there was something wrong with my TV screen. Like it was frozen because he was just like over and not moving for the longest time. Totally fell for it. It's funny. Fowler makes so much sense for Liv, but... My live guy has never mentioned him as a possibility. No one's mentioned him to me either. Yeah. You have a live guy, Teddy? That's, that's, What's that? You have a live guy? <laughs> well, keep in mind, I mean, there's going to be a live event outside Chicago in September. And that's a course that I know and I know the people there. So I've been hearing about the live tour since like February. And that's part of why when I came on this podcast, whenever it was in the spring and everybody, you know, and the sense from everyone was it's not going to work. And I said, eh, don't be so sure. This guy was pretty <laughs> confident that he's going to get a good field for his event. And they are. That's the one that's the week after the tour championship. And they're probably going to get Cam Smith. So I've been hearing about Cam yeah. Smith and the possibilities of Hovland and um, Colin Morikawa, like all these guys. But I've never heard Ricky's name brought up. Maybe because he's yeah. not good enough. I mean, I think he'd still be a great draw on that tour, though. I feel like Ricky would be hurt the most out of all the guys when it comes to sponsors, right? Because you can't turn on Golf Channel or really any channel and not see at least one Ricky commercial every commercial break. Like, you know, because so when these guys aren't getting world ranking points, that hurts their sponsors, I think, more than anything, right? So with Ricky, he's already in kind of a bad spot um, world ranking wise. So he goes live, he drops real quick. And you got to think that uh, farmers and Mercedes and some of the other ones are going to be like, yeah, I don't know, man, you're not, you're not, you're not like quite the appeal we need right now. But I also, I don't know. I feel like Ricky's kind of one of those guys that 
plays it, plays the game because he loves the game. I think he's, you know, just being so close with with JT, I think that also probably influenced him a little bit because you kind of see that little like Tiger, Rory, JT click down in, in, in Jupiter that are all very like anti-lib. So I, I don't know. I wonder if the outside influences of being anti-lib affected it. So I don't know. Like, I do mean, you, you would have to, if he gets invited, he has to go. I mean, how much more money is he going to make on the PGA Tour versus how much he could theoretically make with Liv, like for some guys, it still like doesn't make tons of sense to me. Like the Bryson thing doesn't make sense to me because he could still make a jillion dollars playing the PGA yeah. Tour. Uh, Brooks makes some sense because he wants to play less. But for a guy like Fowler, I mean, if you can make a hundred times more playing on the other tour, I would think you have to grab it. Honestly, from an outsider looking in, that's going to be a, a massive, massive get for Liv. Because when you think mm-hmm. of the face of golf... I would gather that most people, besides Tiger Woods and Rory, people would say Ricky Fowler. And you yeah. still see little kids dressed up as Ricky. You see grown-ass men dressed up <laughs> as Ricky Fowler. And when you think of the face of the PGA Tour, a lot of people are going to go to Ricky Fowler. And so with him moving over to live, that's going to be a huge loss for the PGA Tour. And it makes me really sad that like Cam Smith and Morikawa and Hovland, because those are three players that I really, really do love. And again, this moving closer to that, gotta got to make it work together because... Clearly, players are unhappy. They want to make more money. They want whatever they want. I don't know at this point. But they want to play different tours. And at this point, let's just make it work. Let's make it work. But I'm excited for the playoffs. I think it's going to be interesting. We're going to get some big names back because the last couple weeks were um, not that boring. They they weren't that exciting. It weren't that exciting. And it would be cool. Let's eliminate those and let's put in like two live events or one live event or something. And I think this is this is it. Let's get rid of the President's Cup, right? Okay. I don't care about the President's Cup. Let's make a live versus the PGA Tour like Ryder Cup style event. I think that would be be incredible. I think that would be awesome because you have the the Cage Cup. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fund it. I'm gonna figure this out. But how cool yeah. would that be? Because you get the animosity, you get really great players, and I think it will give the guys the opportunity who don't get to play on the Ryder Cup anymore to still get in that environment. Taylor Gooch will finally experience what it feels like. <laughs> it's his only chance. I, know. I think real quick before we end. The biggest loss to the PGA Tour, from what I'm hearing, would be Hideki. Like, I think Hideki is pretty much set to go to live, and it's because of the Asian TV deal. Like, if, if Hideki goes to live, live gets an Asian TV deal immediately. That helps with world ranking points. That gives them more money. That legitimizes them even more. So I think that, like, Hideki watch might be the most important watch right now like i i just it, it's hard to believe like you know for for us in america because you know hideki's not our biggest player but um for you know over in japan over in asia he's their biggest player so i think that that was part of why the pga tour wanted tom kim to come over from the asian tour and, and play on the pga tour rather than giving him to live and i think that maybe helps a little bit but it'll be interesting Well, that was a fantastic episode. Thank you, Amanda and Teddy, for all of your insight. I know everyone always enjoys it. And if you guys want to email us or send us any questions for future TNA, you guys know where to go. Um, Go to the Playing Ground Instagram account, send us a message, and we will respond. And as always, give us some five stars. Leave us a nice review. Share the podcast, and you can catch us here next time. Thank you so much for listening. 
Follow Playing Around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit MortonBuildings.com and start your construction process. With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.